don't always like to follow rules. Sometimes we think that rules kill our fun. Um, but we're going to find out today that that is actually not the case. We are in Deuteronomy chapter 6 today, verses 1 through 3. Uh, I am going to read that for us all. If you want to go there with me, that would be great, either in the Bible app where we have a live event or in a Bible that looks like so. Paper, you know, smells good. Rich mahogany, all that stuff. Okay, so this is what 6, 1 through 3 says. Now, this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments with the, which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all the statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your fathers has promised you. The Lord of your fathers, not the Lord your fathers. That might be confusing. Has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, so just understand where we're at. This is right before the Israelites are getting ready to cross over into the land which God has promised them, known as the promised land, sometimes called the land flowing with milk and honey. Hence what the Bible just said. So Moses has been given these rules that he's about to deliver to the Israelites, deliver to these people, because he wants them to have the most successful uh, transition and habitation of this new land that they're coming to. And God has set out these rules. And so what we just read is kind of like the preamble for what follows later in this chapter, which God calls the greatest commandment, which we're going to talk about, and also the Ten Commandments. And so we have these rules, and Moses is explaining Listen, there's three things I need you guys, you, you Israelites, to know about these rules. And the great thing about these three things is that they still pertain to today. They still are relevant to us today. The first thing that we have to understand, okay, this is like verse 1 through 2, what I call A, the first half of verse 2. And it's that by following rules, we show our respect to God. So if we're going to just summarize that verse, this is what, it's gonna, this is what Moses is saying to you. Listen, I'm going to teach you these rules so that you can follow them where you're going and so that you can show God uh, that you respect him, that you respect him. We follow rules because we respect the rule maker, okay? Not because the rule itself is scary or not because the rule itself is something we like. We follow rules in the end because we respect the person who made those rules. Now, all of you can have eyes, I think, and most of you are not blind, so you will be able to see that I am a large individual. I have been this size for a great portion of my life. In high school, I was this big. Now, quite frankly, I could have done whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it, for the most part, okay? But there's this one thing that kind of threw a, a hitch in my plan to just do whatever I want. That thing is called my mother. She can be terrifying. I mean absolutely terrifying. She has this look and like this tone of voice that she can get that like pretty much, uh, how do I explain this, mom? crumbles your soul, right? So like you talk back and all of a sudden she's like, what? And you're just like, Ma, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry, you know? So uh, please don't kill me or whatever you're going to do. Like she's not a big lady, but man, can she put the fear of God in you? And so I followed the rules that my mom set because she made sure that I had to follow those rules. Like she put that within me, that fear of God, that you're going to follow these rules or you're going to deal with me and I'd much rather follow the rules than deal with her. Okay, that's just the honest truth. So we follow rules because we respect the person who made those rules. Now, we all may respect God for different reasons. Okay, you may have a different reason for respecting God than I do. 
But if we are trying our best to follow God's rules and live by his commandments, it's because we do respect God. Okay, so that's the first thing. We follow rules and we follow the commandments and we attempt to obey them as best we can to show our respect for the rule maker that is God. The second thing that Moses wanted them to understand and that we need to understand is that we are responsible for teaching the next generation to have that mindset. Okay, because it goes on if you follow in verse 2 and it it goes to uh, what I call 2B, the second half of 2. So the first half summarizes like so. I'm going to teach you these rules so you can follow them where you're going and so that you can show respect for the Lord. And then he goes on to say you need to follow the rules and your kids need to follow the rules and their kids need to follow the rules. So right here in this scripture, God's making it clear, listen, you have a responsibility for how your kids turn out. You have a responsibility for them to behave and for them to think the exact same way that you do. Now, I know that kids are all different and they have different personalities, but when it comes to the end and the important things, you want your kid to be a certain way, correct? We went to camp this year, and I was so scared about doing it because I hadn't really spent a whole lot of time with a bunch of these kids one-on-one away from parents. Um, But man, was it a huge blessing for me to see that our kids were well-mannered and respectful and everything that you would think a young person should be, like they followed and fit those characteristics, and it was absolutely amazing. However, not every group was like that. And I thought that I might be going to prison for homicide. Because some of these kids, my sister used to tell, she was my youth pastor. When I get out of line, she used to look at me and say, hey, I'm going to cut you. And I would know, like, okay, she's serious. She's getting ready to stab me. I should stop. Like, I should have had, like, five or six knives that week because I wanted to go through, like, what's that guy, nerd people, Wolverine, and just start slashing kids up. They were rude and angry. Like, they'd bump into you, and you'd be like, say excuse me, say excuse me, and they'd be like, and just walk on past you. And I'd, like, try to swing after them, but they were already too far out of my grasp because I'm not fast enough, right? And it's like, okay, don't say please, don't say thank you. And it became pretty evident to me that these kids clearly weren't being taught this, right? We're in a society now where it's like worry about yourself first and don't really worry about people around you. And and they just weren't having these manners, these rules, these things embedded in them. Now, when we look at our children, right, as a finished product, I'm not talking about what they are now because we know that kids from, let's say, 2 to like 17, 18, go through mood swings like Missouri weather, okay? But I'm talking about in the end, when, when, when we have our adult children, the finished product, if your kid is a brat, if they're still a brat when they are grown up, it's because you let that happen. I'm a firm believer of that, okay? Something could have taken care of that. Timeouts, taking away privileges, a belt, a hand, a frying pan. Thanks, Mom. Uh, she said sorry for the first time about that, just so you guys all know. If your kid's a crybaby, it's because you let it happen, okay? If your kid is disrespectful, it's because you let it happen. If they don't fear God and if they have no respect for God, it's because you let that happen. That's what Moses is making evident here. But let's say that your kid is kind and caring and respectful and everything that you would want your child to be. You made that happen. You had that influence. You had that influence. Now, this isn't to say that good kids can't come from terrible parents, 
Okay, and this isn't to say that sometimes great parents give way to terrible children. I have a brother. Just teasing, Charles. He won't hear this. It's okay. Um, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, guys. Mom, I didn't mean it. You're wonderful. Um, off my brother. Okay, what was I saying? <laughs> this isn't to say, like I said, that, that good can't come from evil. But, 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 it's time that we take the onus for our influence in the world, okay? It's time that we take responsibility to understand that we have a huge role and we play a huge part in the way that our kids turn out, in the way that the world turns out around us. Our world is going to hell in a handbasket. That's an old-time saying, I know that. But our world is going to hell in a handbasket. And families in our country and all around the world, they're under siege, and that is not a coincidence, okay? That's not a coincidence. Now, I'm going to say some things here that some of you are going to deem political and you're probably going to be upset with me, but I'm telling you this is not coming from a political realm at all. This is coming from a spiritual realm. This is what I believe God wants me to lay out. So I'm going to say it. One, we have killed babies by the millions in this country, okay? We have just done that. And all around the world, that's what's taking place. Um, We are taught that, uh, you know, we have to accept all of our kids' choices, okay? We have to accept all of our kids' choices. And then we're being conditioned that we have to accept um, our children for, uh, you know, whatever they do, uh, to question acceptable practices of parenting, right? It's like, if you have any question at all, call DFS, and it's like the parent just told the kid they couldn't have a candy bar, but that's abuse now. Um, and, and then we're also taught to reward mediocrities, right? Like, everybody gets a trophy. Let's just, I'm going to get trophies next week, and you all are going to come in, I'm going to give you a trophy. And you're like, what's this for? I'm like, hey, you showed up to church. We're going to do a chest bump, a high five, and you guys are going to feel great about yourselves. And this is the world we live in, okay? So we have all these things happening, and then we wonder why we've ended up with a, a, a bunch of spoiled, beard-loving uh, crybabies. You, you, you have a great beard, Jared. I'm not saying this is you. But, no, I'm just... <laughs> Who, who you can't correct without the fear of emotionally damaging them, right? Everything's a trigger. Everything upsets us. And some of you right now are thinking like, um, you're not being very politically correct. And I have one thing to say to you. I love you, but get over it. Okay? I love you, but get over it. Now, you have a responsibility for how your kid turns out. So if they turn into a beard-loving, respectful, awesome individual, then that's great. Okay? But if they turn out not so hot, it's time that we take responsibility for that as well. What Moses is saying here is, listen, you have this relationship with God, and unless you teach your children to have that relationship too, it's not a guarantee that they're going to get it right. It's not a guarantee that you're going to get it right. You guys have screwed this up so many times, right? This is the Israelites, and time after time after time, God forgives them, and they live well for a while, and then they screw up. And it's because parents stop ingraining that in their children. If you want your child to live in a society where they can fear God and where they can love God and where they can share their faith and where they can at least practice their faith without being persecuted, you're going to have to start teaching them to be fighters and you're going to have to start teaching them to love other people and you're going to have to start teaching them to believe and fear God and obey his commandments, okay? Scripture is scripture. It doesn't bend. And there's too many times in our society where we're saying you can believe whatever you want as long as you're a good person, okay? One other thing, and this is a tangent. This is me on a soapbox. If you're a Christian and you're on Facebook, stop asking for good vibes. You want prayer. You ask for prayer. Okay, I don't care if somebody that you're friends with may not be a prayer person. 
You want prayer. And if they choose to send good vibes your way, more power to them. Back to what I was saying. (laughs) Having said everything that I've said here, okay? Everything that I've said here, we cannot legislate morality. Okay, we cannot legislate morality. We can't force people to do the things we think are correct. People have freedom of choice. And that's one of those great things about our country is that people do have the freedom to choose. Okay, so if we want people to start falling in line with the things that we believe are morally acceptable, if we want people to start living in a world where we love others like Christ loved the church, we need to instill that in our children. And that means, even though I know I sounded extremely negative, that we love the beard-loving crybabies who don't seem to mature at the rate we find acceptable. That means that we love homosexuals even though they don't agree with our scriptures. That means that we never give up on people regardless of how bad we think things are. Right? Forgiveness doesn't end. Forgiveness doesn't end. Loving people like God loved the church means that we love regardless. Means that we love regardless. In John 15.10, Jesus tells us, okay, he says that if you keep my commandments and the commandments of my Father, you will abide in my love. He then tells us in 15.12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Here's the thing. He didn't say there that you obey my commandments so you stay out of trouble and so I don't smite you. Okay? He said, keep my commandments so that you stay in my love. So that you stay in my love. God gave us rules, okay, not because he doesn't want to let us do the things we want, but because he loves us. Same reason, kids, that are in here that your parents have given you rules. It's because they love you. They're giving you these things because they believe it's what's best for you, and they're trying to lead you and guide you in the right direction. You may not always agree, but if you respect them, you will follow those rules. Okay? So it goes on, and, and if we look at Deuteronomy 6.3, it goes on to say this, Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, your God of your fathers, has promised you. Okay? It, it, it goes very, I'm saying okay a lot. Take that back. I don't know why that came out. Um, no filter. I'm sorry, guys. So God gave us rules for our benefit. And if we look at this, it clearly explains that you follow these rules, you stay in these commandments, you stay in my love, you are going to succeed in this land that he gave you. That's what he's telling the Israelites. God gave us rules so that we can experience the unparalleled joy that comes with living in a life according to God. Now, I'm a man who um, finds myself to be very logical. Quite frankly, there are things about the Bible that... Um, I find hard to believe, that I struggle with on a daily basis. That's just the truth. But if for no other reason that I believe in God, I know this. I've lived my life in two ways. One is if there was no God, and two is if God existed. And I have always been happier if I, as if I've lived if God existed. That's my personal truth. And that's not an accident. That's not a coincidence. This is logical. It makes sense. See, because when we follow rules, there's always a benefit outside of just not getting in trouble. 
If you don't speed, if you obey, obey, obey the speed limit, abide by the speed limit, that's what I was trying to say, you're safer, right? That's a great thing. The benefit of if you abide by the speed limit means that you don't ever have to pay a fine, right? You don't have that ticket. You don't have to stop. You're less late than what you would be in the beginning. Like, there's that extra benefit. Cordelia, if she goes to bed on time, she wakes up the next day, and she's pleasant to deal with. She's not a monster, and she doesn't terrify me. But the good thing about that for her is that the next night, she doesn't have to go to bed earlier to compensate. Okay, and then if we look at, at work, my bill payer is what I call it. The job I do outside of this place has proven that if I work hard and I do my job, I get a raise. Okay, I get a raise. Regular raises. It's amazing. That's great. But it also ensures I don't get fired, right? My family gets to keep their house and everything else is going well. So there's always an extra benefit on top of following rules other than just, "Mm, I'm not getting in trouble. God is more interested. I want you guys to hear me on this. God is more interested in the blessing that you are going to receive from following the rules than he is in you actually following the rules. Do you hear that? God is more interested and you having the blessing that you're going to receive by following the rules than he is in you following the rules. Because the ultimate, if we abide in God's love and if we follow down that path where we match up with what God wants for us, we get to spend eternity with him. We show our respect. We teach our children so that they can teach their children to hear and follow what God has in their lives. And ultimately, in the end, we get to spend those lives with Jesus. That's the reward. That's the benefit. John 15, 10 and 11 says that if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That your joy may be complete. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this opportunity where we get to come and just spend time together as a family because, Lord, that is what we are. Now, the family is the absolute greatest agent of influence and change in our world today. And it's time that we start living like that, and I pray that you put a burden on our hearts that we live like that here at Crosspoint, not just in our own families, but in the family of believers that we are here today. Lord, I pray that you put a burden on every single heart that, that we take up our, our responsibilities that, that you just burden us with the desire to do the things that you would have us do. Okay, whatever that may be, Lord, that we will just buy in 100% and jump in with both feet and be on your side of things, that we may abide in your love and that we may experience a blessing and a joy that is more than we may ever have imagined. God, you love us so much, and that's why we have rules. We don't always think they're fun. Sometimes we don't always think that rules are fair. But in the end, we know that these rules are there for our protection and our benefit and because you love us. God, I pray that if there's one person out here who has questions about you, who isn't 100% sold on the fact that you are God, that they will come talk to me and that we can have a conversation about that. God, I pray that you don't let anybody leave this room today without coming to a decision to fully follow you. Lord, I pray that you bless families today. I pray that you repair broken relationships. I pray that you mend broken hearts. 
pray that you help us to find the blessings and joy that we should have in each other. It's in your son's name I pray, amen.